This message was recorded live at Plantation Seventh-day Adventist Church in Plantation, Florida. Welcome to PlantationSDA.tv. Here you will find a diverse variety of Bible-based topics and conversations. God's master plan to inspire your mind, bring peace to your heart, and uplift your soul. May you be blessed and encouraged as you listen to God's Word. Amen. 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 Happy Sabbath, church family. Happy Sabbath to our EFAM watching online. It is a high day in Zion. I am happy to be in the house of the Lord with you. God has been good to you this week. In the multitude of his mercies, he has fed you, delivered you, protected you, sustained you, carried you this week. So I want you to open your mouth and give God a shout of triumph. Praise his name. For the Lord is good. Praise his name. He is excellent. He is good. He is faithful. He's a prayer working God, a wonderful God. This morning in heaven, let us join an anthem with all the angels to praise God. For he's a good, good father. He's a good, good God. Amen. 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 I'd like to thank Pastor Rose and Pastor Jen for lending me their pulpit today. I also want to thank my hubby, my gorgeous husband, in the back over there, for just his love and unending support for the ministry that God has called us to. Let us pray. Abba Father, what an honor and a privilege to speak to your people today. I am a white blank sheet of paper. Etch your words on my mind. Put them on the canvas of my heart. Anoint these lips of clay to undrape revelation, illumination. Send forth God Almighty impartation and transformation for your people for a lifetime. Spirit of the living God, invade this place. Spirit of the living God, fall on us. Soften hearts, bend our wills, and Lord, revive your promises in us. We bless your name. Amen. My sermon today is titled, God has remembered. Now, can God forget? Can God forget? No. He is perfect in knowledge. He is infinite in understanding. That's why we attribute the three omnis to him, that he is omniscient, that he's all-knowing, he's omnipotent, he's all-powerful, and he is omnipresent. He is everywhere. So why then would God remember? 
You see, the super exciting thing to understand when God remembers a promise he made to an individual or collectively to a nation, namely Israel, what he does next gives us an up-close and personal look of how God shows up in a mind-blowing way to keep his promise, to remind us that he has not and will not forget his covenant with us. In the book of Genesis, it speaks of God remembering three times. In Genesis 8 verse 1, it said God remembered Noah in the flood. In Genesis 19 verse 29, it said God remembered Abraham and brought Lot out of the cat catastrophic destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. In Genesis 30, verse 22, it said, God, remember Rachel and opened her womb to conceive. On Friday, April 29th this year, as I was waking up that morning, I heard in my spirit a melody, for God is with us. I didn't know who the artist was, so I went in my music app, and I searched for it, and it came up as king and country. I started that song, playing that song, and, and I put it on autoplay that Friday and, and that Saturday, and it just kept getting fuller and fuller in my spirit. I sensed that God was speaking to me through this song, so I kept on playing it throughout the whole month of May. When I was in my car, I would listen to K-Love, a, a contemporary Christian radio station, and without fail, that song would come on. Here are the lyrics to this song. Dear to imagine, dear to believe in, a true love that gave us a brand new beginning. No room for a king, no celebration, and no ceremony. In that little town, no, nobody would think this is the story of the coming glory. This is the story of the coming glory. Can you hear the prayers that people praise? Can you see the skies begin to break when heaven and earth were face to face? Or how the world forever change for God is with us. Oh, God is with us. All in a moment, all in an instant, the body was broken and it was finished. So let us begin the celebration and the ceremony. There's silence on earth, but the heavens are roaring, telling the story of the coming glory. Can you feel your heart begin to race? Can you see the tide begin to change? With all our futures rearranged, the world will never be the same, for God is with us. Oh, God is with us. Oh, can you see? Oh, can you hear? God is with us. For God is with us. Dear to imagine. Dear to believe in. A true love that gave us a reason for living. Can you feel the hope that's rushing in? Can you hear the song that's echoing? Join with the choir as we sing. There is where, this is where love truly begins. For God is with us. For God is is with us. Oh, can you see? Oh, can you hear? For God is with us. As I soliloquize, 
God, what are you telling me? I was fully convinced that the Holy Spirit was reminding me through these awe-inspiring lyrics that God is with me and God remembers me. More importantly, God loves me. This revelatory reminder transformed my heart to throb like a schoolgirl to receive his courtship love and it delighted me. But this revelatory reminder was not only for me. God wants me to let you know, family, that he is with you, he remembers you, and he loves you. If this is all you hear me say to you today, I would like you to receive it, believe it, for it is true. Cradle it in your heart and soul. God is with you, God remembers you, and God loves you. I was so captivated with this incredible promise reminder, it led me to compose a series of devotion which I shared with my phenomenal sister group that I, that I have been doing live since, the, since COVID two plus years now. And as I plunged deeper in this promise, the Holy Spirit impressed me one, one, one communion services while I was sitting in the, the, this side of the, 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 the church to read the Gospel of Luke chapter 1, which will be the primary scripture reading for today's sermon. Turn with me to Luke chapter 1, verses 4 to 17 18 to 20 and 72 to 73 is a long chapter. So in the interest of time, I will give in summary the topological highlights of this, this, the rest of the remainder of the chapter. Luke chapter one narrates the birth announcement of John the Baptist and Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Reading from the New King James Version, starting from verse four, it says, that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went in the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. 
and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall, neither, ni and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn hearts of the, the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. In, in verses 18 to 20, says, Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at the appointed time. Grab a hold of this revelation. Zachariah means God has remembered. Elizabeth means oath or covenant. John means God's gracious gift or God shows mercy. Gabriel means God's hero or God's mighty one. What's in a name? I preached a sermon some while back and I titled it, What's in a Name? Names in the Bible are not just nomenclature, that you just name something or a place. In this instance, these names are prophetic. See, to give you a historical backdrop of what was happening at that time, there was, as the Bible says in verse five, in the days of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. For the priest, David, King David had set the template of how the priest would operate in the temple service. There were 24 divisions of priests and Abijah was one of the head of the priestly families that Zechariah belongs to. Some scholars have held the belief that there were 18 to 20,000 priests at the time of Christ. So that no priest would burn incense more than once in their lifetime. For Zacharias, this was a big deal. A once in a lifetime opportunity for him to burn incense before the Lord. The burning of incense before the Lord was done twice daily. Once in the morning and one in the afternoon. You see family, with God... Timing is everything. There's nothing called luck, coincidence with him. You're not here today by luck. You're not here today by coincidence. You're here because God wanted you to be here and made it so. Catch this. Zachariah 
which means God has remembered, was chosen for this specific time in Israel history to burn incense before the Lord. Just wait for it. Newsflash. God has not spoken for 400 years. No new prophecies, and there were no additional writing of scripture. You see, between the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi, and the first book of the New Testament, there were 400 years of silence. Crickets, nada, nothing. This was a very long, long time. Generations have passed and still no word from God. Maybe some of the Israelites must have felt that God must have forgotten them. They knew about the coming Messiah, but they have not seen anything and they have not heard anything. But watch this. The silence of God is not evidence of his absence. Let me say it another way. Silence does not mean there is absence of presence. In your life or in your situation, on God's divine time scale, it is just a waiting period. Now Gabriel shows up. He was just not any angel. Even though in God's armies of angels, any angel could perform this mission. But God sends Gabriel, his hero, his mighty one, to come to speak to God has remembered. Whoa. And just like that, 400 years of silence is broken. God's hero shattered the silence by announcing the good news to God has remembered. The last book of the Old Testament ends. See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents. Malachi 4 verses 5 to 6. This prophecy was now about to be set in motion to begin its fulfillment in the person of John the Baptist. The angel Gabriel's announcements that the, that the angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar. Right side in the Bible is indicative of favor. This would be on the south side of the temple between the altar of incense and the golden lampstand. And when Zacharias saw, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. For your prayer is heard. The Greek verb allows for a possible translation. Prayer, you don't even pray anymore, is heard. Let me rephrase Gabriel's message using the meaning of the names. And when God 
has remembered. So God's hero, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But God's hero said to God has remembered, do not be afraid. God has remembered for your prayer is heard and your wife whose name is God's oath or covenant will conceive and give birth to a son whose name shows forth grace and mercy. The prayer you no longer prayed is heard, God has remembered. Some of you sitting here are watching online, are about to stop or have given up on praying about that thing or situation because you've been praying for a long time now and you don't see anything happening, you feel God may have forgotten you. You prayed about the disappointing diagnosis of that illness and know you need a miracle to stay alive. You prayed and prayed about your broken marriage that needs mending. You're praying and praying for your children to come back to the faith. You pray and pray for the de deliverance from that addiction that's wrecking your life. You're praying and praying about your singleness for God to send you that husband or that wife. You're praying for that financial breakthrough for God to throw you a lifeline. You're praying for the physical healing from that abuse you suffered as a child. You're praying to become new parents. Don't stop praying. I came here today to tell you that the thing you have been praying for for, so time, so for some time now or have stopped praying about has not yet come to pass because God has a much bigger answer for you because his timing is impeccable. If you would oblige me to call Zachariah Zach and Elizabeth Liz. Zach and Liz prayed and prayed for a child. But eventually they stopped praying because time has lapsed and the request at their age looked impossible. But the God who controls time and possibility showed up and blessed them with the greatest prophet to ever live. He brought forward from their dead and barren situation, fertile life of the life of John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus Christ, the savior of the world. Over in the Old Testament, Hannah prayed for an ordinary son, but God blessed her with an extraordinary son who was a prophet and a judge to usher in a new era of the first two kings of Israel. One king, King David, who whose dynastic rule is central to the story of the coming Messiah. Because Jesus is the root and the offspring of David. God has not forgotten you. He remembers your prayers. He remembers your pain. He remembers your circumstance. He remembers your suffering. He remembers your loneliness. Last year, I was home one Friday, one Thursday evening, and I felt this overwhelming emotion of loneliness. I sat there curled up in my couch. I was so lonely, I started to cry. The next day, which Friday, I was at work and I saw a missed a call from my father who resides in Jamaica. 
when I returned the call, he said, daughter, how are you doing? He calls me my daughter. He said, last night I had a dream. I saw you sitting on a hillside and you looked lonely. And I said, I don't want my daughter to be alone, so I'm going to go sit with her. So he said, I'm calling. Is everything okay? My heavenly father took notice that I felt lonely and used my earthly father to reach out to me to tell me that he has not forgotten me. He remembers the scars from your divorce. He remembers your guilt from the abortion that you had. He remembers your prayer for your children. He remembers the wrong that was done to you. He remembers that, that your incarceration. He remembers your addiction. He remembers the losses you have endured. He remembers your mourning. He remembers your illness. He remembers your challenges at work. He remembers your finances, your bankruptcy. He remembers the court case that is repending. He remembers the dream you have given upon. He remembers the tears you have cried. God sees you. God remembers you. What may look like silence, is a setup for God to show up with an exclamation in your life and show you off. In Ephesians 3 verse 20 he said, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. For 400 years, Israel was looking for the coming Messiah. And it seems as if things were status quo. Ritual as, he, as usual, nothing was happening. But here comes God's hero to God has remembered with this unexpected joyous news. But God was not finished yet. God showed up six months later with God's hero to Mary, the beloved, to announce that she was chosen by heaven to give birth to God. Whoa, whoa. 600 years earlier, in Daniel 9, verses 21 and 25, this Gabriel, God's hero, was sent to Daniel to explain the prophecy of the anointed one, the coming Messiah. God remembered his oath to Israel, and God remembers his oath to you. You see, in the Aramaic word that when Gabriel went to Galilee, to Nazareth, a village in, 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 in Galilee, the Aramaic translation for Galilee here means revealed. It is only fitting that God will be revealed in the village Galilee. Nazareth means branch. Jesus grew up as a branch of the Lord in the city of branch. God shows up in every situation. He is Emmanuel. God with us. He is with you and you forever. He is with you in every storm. He is with you in the ebbs and flow of life. He is with you in every season. He is with you at the beginning, the middle, and at the end. He is with you when you go to sleep. He is with you when you wake up. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He knows what you are going through. He said, 
I will never fail you. I will never forsake you. Family, there is a blessing in waiting on God no matter how long it takes. It may take months or even years, but don't stop praying. Don't stop trusting God, for he will, he's a keeper of his promise, and he will show up. What has not happened to you in years will happen in moments. God will open up hallways of doors that will take you from one blessing to another blessing to another blessing to another blessing, multi-generational blessings. God will propel you or your children into positions or places beyond your credentials. God is going to make you the supply chain of abundance. His eyes, the word of God says, surveil the whole earth, looking for those whose hearts are loyal to him, to show himself strong. He will remember his covenant forever. Emmanuel is here. Love is here. Jesus is here. This past October, God did something so supernatural in my life. See, it was a week before he had dropped in my spirit the abundant life. John 10, 10, 10. And that morning in our woman's devotion, the facilitator asked me to do the closing prayer. And so as I was praying, I prayed abundant life. I don't know if, you know, I'm Jamaican. So I don't know if you guys who've lived some part in Jamaica, the Jamaicans in here about the, hear, ever hear about the thunderball. Like when you have lightning storm and a thunderball clash. Well, when I said abundant in the prayer, I felt like a thunderball. Like lightning hit abundant and it went down into the earth and back up into the heaven. I knew that God was saying something. So that Monday morning, October 10, and I want you to just mark 10, 10. My son, the Sunday, he drove my car and he said, Mom, I think something is not right with your car. And I said, no, it's fine, but let me go get it checked out. So that Monday, I'd taken, you know, a PTO. It was a Canadian, I worked for a Canadian company. It was their Thanksgiving. So I took the day. I wanted to do some projects at the house. I scheduled the person to come, you know. So I said, okay, let me go get my car checked out before the person come and so when I went there and I told them, you know, what the problem was, the first thing he said before he ran the diagnostics was, that doesn't sound good. So when he did the diagnostic, he came back and he said, it is transmission, you know, these kind of cars, they have transmission problem, and they're on, the parts are on back ordered, and it was going to cost you almost $3,000 to fix. I don't have a car payment. So I was like, I am fine. You know, at the last monthly prayer meeting, I was telling to my sisters, I am good. She said, oh, no car payment. So I, um, I, the only thing with my car, the, the clear coat was gonna strip. And so I got a quote for another $3,000. I was like, $6,000. Uh, is it worth me in an older car putting $6,000? I asked the mechanic and they said, no, get rid of it. Little did I know, that later that evening, God was going to put me in a position where I'm driving home in a new car. You see, what, God, what you don't understand, for 
the last two plus years since COVID, I challenge myself to give to God out of everything I have, right? Everything I have. I have four girls in Africa that I sponsor. I have family who are less fortunate that I, I committed to say, God, if it's COVID and they need to eat, I am your servant. I am your steward. And I have done things where I see God saying, okay, you know, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to give you the abundance life. I started see checks coming in the mail. Sometimes I get checks for $6.95. I said, thank you, Jesus. I'm still, I'm still depositing it because I know if you're faithful in the little, he's going to bring the much. And I tell you, when I say that the principle, God of a principle in Luke 6 verse 38, it's called the Law of reciprocity. If you give, it's going to come back. It's going to be pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So when God calls you into the abundant life, abundant life doesn't mean it's devoid of problems or troubles. It means that God is living on the inside of you. And if God is living on your inside of you, you have presence. And if you have presence, you have blessings. Blessings untold blessings. So, I drove home with a new car. In one of my experiences with God, remembering the number 10 has major significance in my life. It was almost two weeks later, he revealed to me that I prayed on October 10, which is 1010, John 1010. But there's more. It was on December 10th, 2013, I had my first rollover accident on the 75 to work that the enemy wanted to kill me, but God saved my life. Today is December 10th, 2022. Nine years later, God's showing me, I remember you. I will never leave you. I will never forget, uh, forget you. Pastor Jen did not know when she called me and said, are you willing, are you available to speak on December 10th? She didn't know, but God knew. On my first accident, December 10th, 2013, Less than five weeks later, on January 14, 2014, the enemy tried to take me out again, like three and a quarter miles down from my first accident. You know what God did? He restored my first car on April 10, 2014. And my husband bought another car on April 14, 2014. One time in devotion, I sit and he said, look at the dates. 10 and 14, I am going to restore you. Yeah. He knew I was going to have car problems on October 10th. And he told me in his abundance for me, I am going to give you the abundant life. God reminded me of his oath and his grace that he'll never leave me or forsake me. Another sister in the group received a prophetic revelation to, to validate God's promise of abundant living. She said God told her that he's going to accelerate it. He's going to accelerate. Whatever you're waiting on, God's going to accelerate it. You must believe. You have to believe. God's going to accelerate it because he's a God who remembers. He said, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. 
tell the Lord, you promised it and I believe it. Say it with me. Lord, you promised it and I believe it. You promised me, God, to give me beauty for ashes. You promised me, God, to give me strength for fear. You promised me, God, to bring me into a windfall of blessings for my children, for my business, for my finance, for my health, for my career, for my ministry. You promised to send rivers in my desert. You promised to restore what the enemy has stolen. You promised to give me double for my trouble. You promised me the abundant life. You promised to be my shield and great reward he is the keeper of covenant Zachariah was temporarily made mute because of his unbelief do not forfeit what God has already said about you and has given to you do not forfeit because of unbelief with God all things are possible. A barren womb became a breeding cradle for the greatest prophet to ever live. After John was born in Luke 1 verses 76 to 77, Zechariah prophesied over his son and he said, to you I prophesy my little son. You will no be known as the prophet of the glorious God for you will be a forerunner going before the face of the master Yahweh to prepare hearts to embrace his ways. You will preach to his people the revelation of salvation life, the cancellation of all our sins to bring back us to God. This same prophecy is a prophecy for you. God is pouring out his Holy Spirit upon you with the power of Elijah for you to go out into the fields and to win souls, to bring souls into the harvest. God has remembered. Zachariah, Elizabeth, John joined together in marriage. So when God remembers to join his oath, the very joining of the two lives created a prophetic message. In verse, verses 72 to 73 of that same chapter, it's as if God stitched this beautiful embroidered message with God has remembered his holy covenant and brought his grace. It says, to perform mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham. God has remembered his holy covenant in the name of Elizabeth, John, and Zechariah. Jesus is incandescently in love with you. Jesus burns for you. He said in his word in Psalm 98 verse 3, he remember his love and his faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. He says in Psalm 105 verse 42, for he remembers his holy promise given to his servant Abraham and Psalm 105 verse 8 and 9 he said he remembers his covenant forever the promise he made for a thousand generations the covenant he made with Abraham the oath he swore to Isaac in Psalm Isaiah 63 there was a, a verse that really grabbed me some years ago when I read it it says God says in his word he said even if Abraham or Jacob would disown you, he would still be our father. Amen. 
he would still be our father. God remembers you. No matter what the enemy says to you, God loves you. The purpose of this, this, this chapter is to, the theology of this chapter is to show God's restorative love that there's coming a day when God, Emmanuel with us, will be with us forever. He is the dawning light, the new day of the, of the dark world. Jesus Christ is the sunrise. In Revelations 21 verse 1 to 3 said, No, I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down at heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will be their God and be with them and they shall be his people. God himself will wipe, God himself will, will be with them and be their God. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, or crying. There shall be no more pain for the former things are passed away. Emmanuel is with us. Emmanuel is coming to, to permanently tabernacle with us. The Hebrew word for tabernacle is to shaken, to be your neighbor. God is in the midst of you and he's coming back to move the headquarters of heaven to hear this fallen planet that will be restored. Emmanuel is with you no matter what hell you're going through. If the bottom seems like it's falling out, Emmanuel is with you. God is with you. God has not forgotten you. There's coming a day when there will be no more funeral homes, no more COVID-19, no more riots. There will be no more murders, no more hospitals, no more divorce courts, no more bankruptcy courts. There will be no more addiction centers. There will be no more racial divide. There will be no more classism. There will be no more abuse. There will be no more wars. There will be no more strip clubs. There will be no more famine. There will be no more suicide. There will be no more injustice. There will be no more crisis hotline. There will be no more sin. There will be no more curse. There will be no more starvation. There will be no more sickness. No more crying. God shall wipe away every tear from your eyes. Pastor Rose. Sister Angela, Gilbert, Linda, God will wipe away all your tears. He remembers Emmanuel is with you. This podcast was brought to you by Plantation Seven-day Adventist Church, a Christ-centered congregation dedicated to spreading the good news of God's love through sermons, deeper dive conversations, and much more. If you would like to listen to more life lessons and inspirational content, please visit us at plantationsda.tv.